0: Let's Science is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com give.
1: We live in a universe of scientific wonders. Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives. We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you. That's why today is a fine day for science. So let's science. So uh, normally Caroline would do this, but Caroline, as we mentioned uh, at the top of the show, she's in New Zealand enjoying herself. She's having having some family time now, and she will be. She's already got some science topics prepared to go, and I know she can't wait to share those with us. But because it's you and me. Later mm-hmm. I thought we will do one. Yep. And now, so yep. what I thought was, let's capitalize on what we've done. So just uh, yeah. like I mentioned, we just came back from uh, a holiday at San yes. Remo, which yep. is not in Italy, in Victoria.
2: When you put yeah. it into the GPS, you went, wow, there's one in the US yeah. as well. What? what? 15,000
1: miles. What? Yeah. What? No, <laughs> San Remo, Victoria, which is right next to Phillip Island. So there's a bridge, there's a road and a bridge that connects to Phillip Island. And we were literally a minute's drive away from that bridge. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, the main attraction wasn't necessarily San Remo, it was Phillip Island. It was going there. So and that's most of our activities. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. Phillip Island is known internationally for one for a few things, but Who's one things thing in particular. R- you know, what is the one thing in particular that people will oh, know Phillip Island? Look, that, we have
2: the most cutest, adorable, work ethic Victorian mm-hmm. penguins we have ever yep. seen. Yep. Yep. You definitely, bet. Definitely. Now,
1: I know that a lot of people joke about the animals in Victoria and in insects that are in Australia that are trying to kill everyone. And yes, those do exist. <laughs> yeah, they but do exist. We also have some nice ones too. Yeah, We've definitely. got some nice ones, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, and the little penguins, they're called little penguins. That's their that's what they're officially called. Yep. They they would be one of them. They are these beautiful, cute fun to watch little creatures. And so there's an attraction at Phillip Island which has been running for decades now, which is very, to watch the very penguin long. parade. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. yep. Now The penguin parade exists, not, it doesn't exploit the animals. It's actually there to support the conservation efforts of the penguins and of other species that live on Phillip Island. Phillip Island has a lot of natural habitats and there are some species which, you know, which are under threat or some species which have been protected because of those conservation efforts. What they do is you can pay some money, like you you buy your tickets and you go to go to the beach at Phillip Island, this particular location, and they set up some stands where you can sit. And you can watch the penguins come in the evening, so they've been out all day or out for a couple of days, and you watch them walk in from the ocean and go to their burrows. and it's the cutest thing you'll ever see. It's so nice. Mm,
2: um, mm,
1: and we mm. were fortunate because this year they actually let us sit on the beach. Which so has. Sat- yeah. Yes, yeah, so cool. So we sat at ground level watching the penguins come in, and oh man, it was so <laughs> yeah it was so good. Yeah. So just a couple of facts about the penguins is what I want to share today. So the little penguins, their scientific name is Eudiptyla Minor. They're from the penguin bird family. They're one of the smallest penguins that exists. And now their status is least concerned. So they're no longer endangered. And that's because, and we learned this from Tom, who's guide. Guide. Or the ranger. The ranger it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. So he said, if you have any questions asked, so he walked past us I'm like, Tom, oh, question. So anyway, <laughs> he was telling us that that the population, since, since humans intervened to look after the colony on Phillip Island, the population has doubled over the last, I think it's 20 years. So where it was low at 15,000, or I think it was 12,000 or something like that, it's gone past mm. 30,000 now. Mm-hmm. So the population, nice. since they put strategies in to look, to protect them, they have, the population has more than doubled. Now, Phillip Island Nature Parks has a strategy or a vision. And their vision is to make Phillip Island a place where conservation and ecotourism excellence inspires people to actively protect the environment. So they want people to be able to see and interact with the animals without without disrupting their natural lives in order to be inspired, to look after, in in our language, to care for God's creation is what we would say, right? Stewardship of God's creation. The little penguin usually averages around 40 to 45 centimeters tall and they weigh on average about one kilo. So they're very small and very light. Mm, it's the smallest mm. penguin in the world and was made internationally famous thanks to Philip Island's Penguin Parade. So for penguins, the little penguin is highly adapted for life in the sea. Its body is streamlined, its wings are modified as flippers and its feathers are densely distributed over its body. The upper parts, including the back of the little penguin, are distinctly blue, which explains one of its alternative names, blue penguin. And the underbelly is white. Now it doesn't say here on the website, but he explained that the blue, the blue sort of line. Camouflages yeah, um, It's like a camouflage. Yeah. So if a predator yeah, from, was looking from above. From uh, above. Yeah. They would, they would camouflage in the sea so that they are. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's yeah. because they are, there are predators who, you know, who would attack and eat these penguins too. That's the circle of life.
2: Um, I was about to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, I heard of, yeah, I think I'm thinking of a lion king from there, but it is, but it's good to see they have some camouflage in in the water and they, wow. I was just thinking, Simba,
1: everything that touches the light touches is yours. Yeah. Oh, it's so (laughs) philosophical. (laughs) The bill of the little penguin is gray black with a pinkish lower base and its iris is pale gray to white. The there's one New Zealand population that has broad white borders to the flippers and are considered as a, by some as a separate species. Young penguins are oh. bluer than adults. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the little penguins also known as the fairy penguin because of its small size. Now, on a on land at night, little penguins are noisy, particularly before and during breeding. They also mm, call intermittently mm. at sea. Their yapping sound like a small dog. Lino, would you like to talk about the experience of walking across the boardwalk? I, the sound look, of all these it, penguins. It was for to, to me personally. It was
2: absolutely beautiful. I all these penguins just calling to each other. And, and it, what did Tom? It, it's just Tom. Tom, isn't his yeah. He was saying that they had 17 different kind of calls mm. or something. Yeah, or yeah. I can't remember if he said it or read about it. Yeah. But yeah, you just see these different calls and it is, it, you can notice more the more adult ones when they're a bit more, mm, yeah, mm, mm, more <laughs> grumpy, but uh, more <laughs> yeah. grumpy. No, apologies, like gruffy. Yeah. And then you got the little high pitched ones where they're the chicks and they're the one, mm. where's mommy and daddy? I'm, I'm ready for be fed. Yeah. And it's especially myself. I don't think we've ever been through that. Yeah, I think when we saw the penguin parade, back when we would took when we went for the high school, we, we I just remember us as walking back, and that was nah, it. Oh yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And there were no lights. Yeah, I think maybe one, not a floodlight or one couple of lights, yeah, and, that, yeah. and we would just push through mm-hmm. and back to our bus. Yeah, we didn't have time to have a look at the penguins. I, yeah. we, I just did not
1: remember. No, that. We, Yeah, we but, got to enjoy it in a really special way, didn't we? The other night, we did. Uh, yeah, you. Walk, we did. Yeah, you turn up to the centre. You get your tickets checked and everything. And then you go through and it's a boardwalk of a couple of hundred meters. Exactly. I
2: don't think we had that. Yeah. Yeah, Back in the days. Yeah.
1: So yeah. Now the boardwalk is good because it elevates you above the ground so that you're not walking through the penguins' habitats. And when it's lights, you know, you have to go in the evening, but you start with the light before the sun, before sunset and you can Mm, see all the burrows mm, that mm, the penguins mm. have dug. So you can see where they're, you know, where they're going to basically. Because Where are they going can, to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can go up to two kilometers inland. So they come out of the sea and they mm, walk another mm. 2K, some of them, to find <laughs> their burrow. Yeah, just poor things. Um, yeah, Ooh. but the when you're walking back from the boardwalk, it's dark except for a few light, small lights. A few lights, lights yeah. like very dim um, yeah. lights. Now, yes. they have to be careful with the lights because a normal light, like a flashlight, would actually blind the penguins. Their eyes are very sensitive. Exactly. So they use very lights sensitive. that, that penguins, the penguins can't see. Their eyes can't pick up the spectrum of that light, but we can. So we can. So, but we were walking. We walk through at night, and all you can hear is these all these penguins. All these, you know, six (sighs) hundred meter walk, and you can hear it, and it's amazing. And the other thing is amazing. We could after we saw them coming out of the sea. We still see them walking back, don't we? Like we're walking with them, exactly, you know, like side with by it. side, not. Um, this is a good And you can yeah. they're standing there and they're calling and they're flapping their flippers, and you're literally thirty <laughs> centimeters away, watching this beautiful thing, this mm-hmm. beautiful penguin call and walk and slap the other penguins and you know, all the things that you know that they were doing. <laughs> the only thing you're not allowed to do is take photos, and that's exactly, and, that's and I don't think you're allowed to, allowed to, to, to them. touch them. We no, definitely can't but take
0: We, we, we yeah. couldn't
1: actually... Yeah. Could. No, no it, we definitely not No, but you can't take photos in that
2: spot for their protection. But It, yeah. it is un- unbelievable. Yeah. It's just the sight and the sound is enough to appreciate what the poor things have to go and was it, was it... What are they saying? 30... Oh no, 1,000 k's away to... Not that long. Not that yeah. far. But, but no, yeah, no, certainly yeah. a
1: couple of kilometers. Yeah. No, so they can kilometers. travel. I might go with this then, Lita, because that's actually the next part as well. Because it says here... They spend most of the day at sea feeding and they come ashore to their coastal habitats at night, which we just talked about. They can sleep, Mm, mm. they can sleep at sea, snoozing away on the water surface. They can travel 30 kilometers away from the colony during breeding. 30. But, gotcha. But they can travel over a thousand kilometers when they're not breeding. It says here today, Phillip Island, Victoria is the home to the largest penguin colony in the world and they host the famous penguin parade which we view from the platforms, boardwalks, untouched beaches, and so on as you watch them waddle homes their burrows. Like many other severely threatened colonies of little penguins, Phillip Island's penguins were once on the brink of ceasing to exist. In the 1980s, scientists found that the land-based threats were having a major impact on the colony. These included habitat destruction from housing environments, traffic, housing development, sorry, fire, pests, and industrial fishing. At the time, it looked like these threats were going to wipe them out by the 1990s. In response, the penguin protection program was established. The Victorian government began buying back land in the Summerland estate located in the middle of the colony. Roads were closed. Introduced predators like red foxes were eliminated and a a housing estate was removed. Extensive conservation work has happened then since the 1980s and has increased the little penguins' numbers. So here's the numbers here. So while there were 12,000 in the mid-1980s and declining, Phillip Island is now home to about 32,000 little penguins. Phillip Island is a unique example of how conservation objectives and visitor management can be achieved in parallels. What they want is people to be able to see the penguins but also preserve the penguins' environment so that they don't not interfered with as well. So a couple of other facts very quickly. So they, this is about their feeding. They forage for food at sea, mostly from dawn, from dawn to an hour before dusk. Little penguins swim with their flippers and use their tail for guidance. So they feed on small shoaling fish and cephalopods and to a lesser extent on crustaceans, which they capture and swallow underwater. Although several birds may pursue the same shoal, they uh, feed singly, though they don't work together usually. And yes, when they breed, they only cover short distances. They don't go that far away. A foraging bird can dive from six to 69 meters. The average is about 30 with a speed of about 1.5 to two meters a second and remain submerged for over a minute. After feeding, the little penguins approach the colony in tight groups, remaining offshore until dusk. At dusk, they come ashore um, and cross the beach and head to their burrows. And so we saw this, right? So you sit there for five minutes waiting. Because you could, there's no. It's not like they're scheduled to come exactly at ten o'clock. They come <laughs> when, when the, yeah, when the sun has yeah. gone down and it's dark enough, that's when they come out. And so you can, can you just like, see like, little groups just standing around, as, and they waddling around on the on the edge of the, <laughs> of the beach until there's enough of them, and then the group will just slowly. And you can see how tired the poor things are. They're just slowly oh, they're waddling beaming. their way. They don't rush. They're just moving very slowly. Ah, oh, look. Yeah, their the, the work's done in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and you <laughs> just watch them walk. Like, yeah. It's got the hill very cute. It's, it was it's such it a, is, such it a pleasure to watch it, wasn't it? Yeah uh, it's absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then just lastly, very briefly, just on breeding. So the males search for mates by advertising outside the nesting area. After pairing, the calling continues at the nest site to maintain uh, their pair bond. During courtship, both birds stand erect with flippers spread and heads bowed and walk in tight circles around the nest site, calling loudly as they go. I'm not sure if that's like their little wedding ceremony or something like that, but that's what they do. It could be. Yeah. Because it, could be. Yeah. it says here they form long-term monogamous pairing bonds with a separation rate of about 18%. A bird will first breed when it's two to three years old. The breeding season varies mm. in different parts of the country. They Catchy. both dig. Yeah. yeah they both sense. dig the burrow and the male does a lot of the digging, but the female helps as well. The burrows can be as far as 200 metres inland and 50 metres above sea level. Wow. Yeah, and the dunes or other soft soil are usually chosen, and we saw this as well. Exactly. Yeah, sometimes Mm -hmm. they might use caves or crevices in rocks as well. They return to the same part of the colony each year, although not necessarily to the same burrow. Both parents contribute to the nest building, and the majority is done by the male. The nests may vary from a thick mat of grass to a few strands usually collected within a few meters of the burrow entrance. The parents defend the small area and the entrance to the burrow. And that's why the burrows are usually spaced about five to 10 meters apart. They're really closer than, than two meters. So aggressive encounters range from posturing and calling to fights involving pecking, shoving and slapping cool. the flippers. <laughs> yeah, so they, they can get a bit nasty with each other. Young birds wander out of their parents' territory and will be attacked by other adults. So they've got to be careful what they wander to. Yeah, um, where they wanted to. So it's got bad neighbors. Yeah. That's not very nice. Come yeah, that's on. Right. Yeah. Oh. They, they, they like their mates, but not their neighbors from looks of it, but they <laughs> will walk together in packs to get off the beach to their home. So that's pretty good. I oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they both incubate the eggs and there's about 68 hours between laying of the first and the second egg. And they both hatch together. A newly hatched chick is covered in dark gray down, which is soon replaced by a second coat chocolate brown in color. Their eyes are just open at one day and are fully open at one week. The feathers start to emerge after four weeks and by eight weeks, a few only a few patches of the down remain. So when they look after their young, it's shared by both parents. Just a few days after the chicks hatch, the adults alternate daily with one parent guarding the nest and the other foraging at the sea. After two weeks, both parents go to the sea each day, returning in the evening or staying away for several days. Hungry chicks can beg vigorously to be fed, pursuing their parents <laughs> until their persistence drives the adults from the nest. They're like, get out there. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> go oh,
0: my goodness. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. So that's the little penguin that we experienced. So it was a great evening. And if you're in Australia, if you're in Victoria, go to the Phillip Island Penguin Parade. It's one thing that you must put on your bucket list. It's a great definitely. Evening yeah it yeah, definitely, and definitely you can get there definitely. early and have dinner there if you want they've got restaurants and dining yep. and things like that so is a yeah so you get there a couple of hours early and just enjoy and learn about penguins there's cool, lots of displays it? and everything and then go for it
0: let's science is brought to you by StarQuest media and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly catholic point of view for more from caroline lindsay and friends listen to the StarQuest show Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com slash science and find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com slash Oz. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue Let's Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Join us next time for more scientific wonders, and thank you for listening to Let's Science on StarQuest. Here's another show on the StarQuest network you're sure to enjoy, The Secrets of Technology. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash technology.